No, you're the first one on today. It's usually me. I know. And I was very, <laughs> I was very adamant to like do that. I'm like, I always postpone a little bit. I'm always a little late. I never get started on my shit when I should. I'm like, damn it. I'm going to be on first today. And I did it by, a, did by it. the skin of my teeth. Yeah. I am like slightly under the weather and I don't know if it's allergies or if like mm. I'm getting sick because I feel it in my sinuses. Mm hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I was going to say that too. I feel like, like it's, I don't mind just kind of staying home and having a couple days to chill. Cause like, I still have yeah. to work tomorrow, but at least I, I've really done nothing all day today. And I'm currently planning on doing mostly that on Tuesday just to kind of, cause yeah, I don't really feel sick, but I, yeah, I have that sense of like a little bit of throat irritation, kind of stuffy sinuses and stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to get sick. Yeah. It's but being sick is not fun. It's not. And it's summer and it's beautiful weather and should be able to enjoy it more, but Yeah. Yeah. We're starting to get the hot weather. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, dip into the high eighties. Let's see. I feel like today was maybe not like super hot but to me it feels hot because like the day before yeah. we were in like the 60s oh you sons of bitches and today we are at 86 oh and then tomorrow it's 90 oh no i will say it is always and then it down and then it goes back up and then like stays in the 80s Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah, you're finally like getting into summer mode. Yeah. I, I will say that it's it's always worse when like because we've been hitting the 80s pretty steadily for the past month already, and uh, it is always worse when you are kind of consistently in like the the mid to high 60s, and it's just nice and cool and like perfectly crisp outside, and then it just suddenly jumps up, and it's like I've we've been in the 80s, so I'm kind of acclimated to it. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, always we're in the jumping stage, yeah. <laughs> or it's like swinging back and forth. And I didn't realize this until this week. Uh, Denver smells. It smells horrible. <laughs> I do need to ask: Is that related in any way to like the Canada fire stuff, like the smoke's coming down, or you mean just Denver in general has it kind of a like urine and feces? Oh. Well, it is a pretty big city, isn't it? Size-wise, no. Population-wise, oh. yes. Okay. It's, I, uh, it's I, not I don't... built for the amount of people. Oh, there. yeah. I don't, um, I don't have a, a huge experience with like larger cities, but I did live in St. Paul for a number of years and would go over to Minneapolis somewhat regularly. And it always seems, and the few times that I've been to like, around Chicago or Seattle or whatever. There is something about cities and just people being packed that closely together that seems to give them a, a sort of a funk, I guess. Yeah. Ours. I know ours, like where are off my offices, that smell is probably more specific to that area in oh. five points, which is like the, that section of downtown. Hmm. Mostly because where our office is, there is a very, Denver has a very large homeless population. Mm. So like where my office is currently located, it's 
within this triangle of like three different homeless shelters. So we have seen people just like decide to drop trowel like in the street, like in front of our office. And we're like, oh, that's nice. Oh, or yeah. uh, last week with the with the foilies and the smoking yeah. crack right in front of like our window. Yeah. Yeah. My <laughs> my manager is like, what is happening? What is happening outside? And my coworker's like, oh, yeah, that's crack. And she's like, no, we're like, Jeez. oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's crack. I was kind of surprised I'd never heard the term foilies before, and I feel so naive. I'm like, it, and it makes perfect sense. Like, I'm also disappointed in myself that I couldn't, like, figure out what that meant. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, just right outside the window. I, to be fair, I did not know that until recently, like, probably... Actually, it was when Gabriel and I were still at our last place, so, like, December. Oh, okay, yeah. He said something about it, and I was like, what's that? And he's like... It, it's when people use like tinfoil to smoke cocaine out of it or like crack, crack, yeah. crack cocaine. Like that, that's what they use. I'm like, oh, fancy folks use a spoon. Yeah, fancy <laughs> folks use a spoon. Everyone else uses tinfoil. I, I was like, I job, feel though. like I was like, how did I not know that? I'm like, well, how would I have known that, actually? Yeah, I was thinking that, too, after you had mentioned it. I'm like, well, I have no reason to know. I have no reason to know that. I I hope everybody's ready. First of all, welcome. This is Peculiar Pairings. How are you doing? Hello. I'm Celine. I am Matt. Matt. (laughs) Hello. Yes, we're uh, we're talking about drugs, and no, I mean we're me gonna be talking her. about some other weird stuff today. So yeah, um, well, well, with that in mind, what is the topic for today? We are talking about the cannibalization of mummies. Okay, that is slightly different. <laughs> I think what you texted me was, or at least what I read was, cannibal mummies. And I'm like, oh boy, what the hell is that mean? <laughs> or, okay. I kind of like that though. Like that sounds like a great Halloween costume. Yeah, well, a yeah, mummy. Yeah, I was thinking like like it's a Diablo video game bad guy or something. I didn't know what that That's meant. Funny. Looking back, I think what you put was mummy cannibalism, which oh. interpreted as cannibal mummies i guess so that was That's sort funny. of what inspired the pairings today the drink being blood wine so. i hope so um first off i did not realize how expensive or kind of hard to work with prosciutto is i don't think i've ever really had it before i think i've had it like in things but i've never done it anything and not that this is particularly complicated but the ones that i got well, no, Sorry, you froze, so I don't know what happened. Uh-oh. Am I back? Yes, you are back. Okay. Oh, that was scary. <laughs> when you just said froze, I-, I heard you say we're frozen, and I thought uh, you were talking about your prosciutto, and I'm like, well, that doesn't make it. Why would you freeze it before you're going to use no, it? No, I did not freeze it. Yeah. I purchased it fresh at the grocery store this morning. I purchased it a couple days ago in the packaging, and I put it in the fridge. Um, I don't know if it's just the brand that I got. I, I, I only had one option, so I just got it. And I didn't realize how 
like firm it is at least the one that i got it was yeah. i imagined it being fairly flimsy like a lunch meat but oh, mine I is re- flimsy like a lunch meat it's like oh, it's- very thinly sliced well and mine is flimsy because it, it, yeah it's very thin but I didn't realize it's it's incredibly sticky, which I don't think yes. I was expecting. And they had these they had they're very kind to put these little dividers in there, kind of like you might get in a pack of cheese. But the prosciutto is like four inches thick or wide, and the little piece of plastic or whatever is like it's an like inch and a half. So I start pulling it, and it just rips all the pieces apart. And I'm like, oh shit, this is not working the way I wanted it to. Yeah. And I just had this idea in my head for some reason that it was going to be more like tissue paper almost. And so when I thought of three layers of prosciutto around the pretzel, uh, I did not realize how thick that was going to make it. Um, so we'll we'll see yeah. how that. I ended up making three. And the first two, I only put in like a very small layer of um, mustard. And the third one, I'm like, this is probably going to need more. So I put in like a, another layer of mustard and hopefully that will go well. I totally forgot about the mustard and I just oh. had my pretzels. They were seasoned pretzels, though. So I got like Italian oh. seasoned pretzels. Nice. I almost went with like jalapeno cheddar, but I was like, no, the Ooh. Italian seasoned ones should would be good with the prosciutto. So and then I just like kind of ripped the prosciutto apart and just like spun it around. It was like this looks good. That looks that's right. I'm, well, yeah. So like I I just had this vision of it being a nice perfect sheet, you know, and it would wrap up so nicely. And the first one, I mean, it is just a disaster. The last one actually turned out pretty good. I'm I should have I ended up buying two packs and I should have started with the other pack because. The first one that I opened, they were just so stuck together and the little divider sheets were like half outside of the meat. And so it just became a disaster. But the second one, I was actually able to pretty well divide them. And um, so That's we'll good. hope for the best. Yeah, but I, but it was kind of inspired by the idea of wrapping a mummy. And then with cannibalism, I kind of wanted it to seem sort of like you're eating. <laughs> Not that we eat bones, but like the hard pretzel on the inside of the meat is sort of like a limb kind of to uh, inv- ev- ah. yeah, be evocative of the idea of, of eating just raw flesh. But I don't know. It's yeah, not to I be quite so morbid. But... Wrapped mummy with the yeah. pretzels. Yeah, that was the first kind of thing that I thought of just, yeah, like wrapping it like a mummy. And it, it kind of turned out all right. And then the blood wine. When I first looked it up, I thought there was a thing called blood wine, like a product. Um, Found multiple entries that I had forgotten. As much as I've watched Star Trek, they were primarily referencing Klingon blood wine, which uh, I have never tried before. I'm not sure what I think of it, but it certainly looks the part. So, I mean, it was kind of meant to just be sort of, you know, we're we're, we're eating the flesh and the blood of our brethren, I guess, because it's cannibalism. But you and I aren't mummies, so... Uh, it's not really cannibalism for us, so it uh, you know yes. it's all it's all kosher. Yes, and I feel like I should say that our topic was given to me by our cousin Dana. Oh, okay. Thank you, Dana. So I lean in closely to the mic <laughs> just to tell you thank you. It's getting so intimate, just like hello, thank you, Dana. Dana, this this is <laughs> just for you. It. She, she knows. Yes. Everybody yeah. mute. Everybody mute. Don't stop playing. Just mute for like five seconds. I'm just going to say thank you, Dana. Just think. Uh, thank you, Dana. Thank you very she, much. She sent me a video on Instagram about Victorians eating mummies. 
the like Victorian era. Mm, mm-hmm. And she's like, I didn't know about this. And I was like, I totally knew about this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I, I feel extra like dumb right now. Because the instant you said, like, I can't believe I interpreted it as cannibalistic mummies. Because the instant you said what the topic was, I was like, oh, cannibalizing mummies. I'm like, oh, no, yeah, I've heard of this before. <laughs> so I feel kind of yeah. dumb. I went on this whole tangent with the idea that, no, it's, yeah, the Victorian era thing. But, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be a good pairing and a nice treat anyways. But, uh, I actually think that it pairs very well, which we will get to later. Absolutely. So I think you're going to be decently surprised. Okay. Well, good. So without further ado. Yes. Let's crack in. My my sources are the Smithsonian Magazine, National Geographic, and a few bits and pieces from Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. We love you. We love you, Wikipedia. Man, I wonder if they like do sponsorship. I feel like that'd be cool. That's a good question. I, I don't know. I like I, he's asking me for money, though. Yeah, that's what I like. I think because they're a nonprofit, they can do their own like fundraising, but they can't. Like, like you don't ever see commercials for PBS, really, or whatever. Yeah. You know? I don't know how that works. I, I've, n- I've never oh. heard a sponsorship for Wikipedia. That's all I can say. Yes. So. Yes, mummies. Our topic, mummies. Ancient Egyptians, mummies. Mummies eating mummies. So the the big question that stems from all of this is, it seems like we have next to no mummies this day and age. And that like Mm. finding mummies is super rare. It's a pretty big deal when people do. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is because people ate them. (laughs) Like, almost all of them. Like, I knew what you were going to say, and somehow it still caught me off guard. (laughs) Just the idea. Uh, What? Why? What What would compel you to think that that's a good idea? I mean, I know we have... It's easy to look back from, like, the modern age and think that's so stupid. They didn't have the same concept of, like, medical science that we do and stuff. But still, it's the same kind of thing to me as, like, the first person to drink any kind of alcohol. Like, especially when you're younger and you're growing up and you see adults drinking alcohol and you take, like, your first sip of vodka or something and it is absolutely horrible. You think, why would anyone ever drink this more than once? Why would you eat a mummy? <laughs> what would yeah. possibly compel you? Maybe. Uh, I mean, it just, yeah. it just looks, that's why we got beef jerky, I suppose. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the practice no. of eating and consuming parts of ancient Egyptian mummies began in the 11th century. Mm, so a okay. long time ago. Yeah. And... It is believed that it started because it was a mistranslation and misunderstanding <laughs> from the Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern Persian world. Weird. Okay. In which they had used what is called mummia, which is not mummy. It's. Mm. Mm-hmm. It is. I don't know what it is. Exa- I think it's like a flower 
or something, yeah. but it is a substance found on a single Persian mountainside. Wow. So it's rare. It's precious and like mm-hmm. expensive. And it was believed to have healing qualities and was used for various medicines. So it had this very high reputation in the more ancient Arabic worlds. And as far as you know, it it, like it's not extinct. It still exists today. This isn't like a a mythical flower from from bygone eras. It's it's just like it's that rare that it still only exists in just Persia. Uh, let me check. while you while you look that up i uh i do want to comment on the drink just a little bit uh the the recipe for anyone who's curious is a shot of rum a shot of tequila and then it says a dash of tabasco and a dash of grenadine <clears throat> well i am not uh much of a spice person which <laughs> which me which makes me laugh because I was just thinking, like, if I started my own British pop group, I would take be a take on the Spice Girls, but I would want to do a more modern, inclusive one, so we would be Spice people. Oh, I'm going on too many tangents. So it is like a resin. So like part hmm. of like a, it comes from like a, I believe it's like a volcanic type of rock. Of uh, oh, okay, men. interesting. Yes. So it's. It's not like it's extinct, like it still very much exists. Right, right. It's just you maybe don't find tons of it, so they used it more sparingly. Yeah. It is And then this is when rare. Western Europeans came in. <laughs> da da da. Ruining There's everything. Rare that we can exploit? Let's go get it. This is the way of the white man. <laughs> uh, so they We're began. Fucking- when Western Europeans started their journey out east, which is part of the, um, it is part of the Orientalism movement, where they were traveling to Asia, Europe, everything was exotic and exciting, and mm-hmm. you see a lot of this in artwork where they went from like the very regal European photos to like naked women lounging on like couches and stuff Hmm. and like peacock feathers in the background (laughs) that's uh that is part of that movement because they're like oh like it's the orient it's exciting it's new it's flashy it's yeah provocative it's different it's exotic yeah yeah so then when they translated mummia thinking that it was mummy Mm-hmm. from the ancient Egyptians, they then thought that that meant that preserved bodies in Egyptian tombs had these substances that, like, came out of it that were, like, magic. Essentially. Oh. <laughs> so, Which, for some reason, to crazy Europeans means eat me. Apparently, because... They're like, well, how do we how do we obtain this? And everyone in Persia and the Middle East and Upper Africa are like, oh, like you use it in like tinctures and like teas and like you 
inge- you ingest it. And they're like, okay. okay, cool. Yeah. So we'll do that. Then. Uh, yeah. So the, the Persians think of like, they're, they're trying to sort of translate what they're thinking about. And like, they're asking about this mummy, but they're thinking about the mummies wrapped in a, you know, in bandages and stuff. So the Persians are like, oh yeah, you eat it. But they're thinking of like the actual mummy, the, the, the thing itself. Whereas the yeah, Europeans like are like, they're thinking yeah, of minerals. Exactly. Yeah. And, spices, and the Europeans are thinking human bodies. Right. I can see that conversation too, being like the Europeans are like, so what do you do with this? Yeah, well, hearing, hearing some people talk about mummia, what, what, you know, what is all that? What's going on? And they're like, oh, yeah, you put it in tea. And they're like, you put it in tea? Well, I guess we'll try it. Off, yeah. to, a, off to a tomb. Let's go find a human body. Yeah. But, I mean, there were also some other pretty weird beliefs in medicine at this time. Well, yeah. Which... <laughs> was based around the idea that the human body contained properties that could heal other humans. Wow. Which isn't necessarily wrong, but that's not how we use it. Yeah, and it's almost universally wrong. Like, in the sense of an already deceased person, we don't generally use dead bodies to cure living people. And more often than not, the dead bodies will make us worse. Yes. It's just amazing how, like, backwards it is. They weren't 100% wrong. Right. In the belief that the human body can heal other people in, like, blood transfusions, Mm -hmm. bone marrow transplants, stuff like that. Yeah, whole organ transplants, that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, but that is not what they were doing, so... (laughs) They did not have the technology for that. They did not have the know-how for that. They thought that, like, drinking gladiator blood cured epilepsy, and powdered blood would, like, stop your cuts from bleeding. Wow. What a weird link to make. (laughs) Why would... They also okay. thought that human fat was good for bruises and gout. Wow. I, you know, <laughs> I don't, I'm realizing too, I do not have nearly enough background on any of this to really say that they're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know enough about gout or, or gout or the uh, properties of human fat to really say that they're wrong. So, I mean, I guess, I, can tell I guess you I'm just as naive as they. That does not fix bruising. <laughs> Hey, you're not a doctor. You don't know, Celine. Maybe we have to try it. Let's go find ourselves a mummy. We'll get some old dehydrated fat and we'll give it a try. Uh, they also used powdered skulls to help with migraines and dizziness. Huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, as far as I know, as far as bruises and like, if someone were to like punch you in the face and you got a black eye... Yeah. Something that actually would help is like if you used a leech on the area because it would take oh. out all of that blood mm-hmm. and help minimize some of the swelling. You'd still have some just because that's what your body does when right. you have blunt force trauma. It bruises and it swells. Right. But because it is like a breaking of the blood vessels, 
It'd be like if you rubbed lotion on it and were like, this will help me. <laughs> it won't. Here, put an ice pack on that shiner. Oh, no. It was like applied topically, so. It... Right. Yeah. Oh, no, no, thank you. Yeah, I don't need that ice pack. I've got fat. I'm going to just rub that. Fat. Yeah, yeah, human. Oh, uh, pardon me, human Crisco, fat. This human Crisco on my face. Ooh, ooh, yeah, that's really, oh, that's already helping. I can feel it. Yeah, oh, it's just, ooh, that feels good. Yes, so, but, so, they already had some of these practices already in motion. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until the 16th and 17th centuries that using mummies started to become more popular. Oh, good. And... This was mainly used for more affluent classes like royalty, nobility, scientists, and priests. So, like, I actually was wondering as I was writing this if Henry VIII used body fat for his gout. Oh, right. <laughs> that, as we all have just learned, that well-known, uh, like, solve not solvent, the cure, the cure for gout cure. is human, yeah, human fat. Human fat. And it, it, it was very interesting. Um, one of the first applications for mummies was to crush them into a powder and then use oh. it for tinctures to stop internal bleeding. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know how that works Any entirely. Any particular part or just like any random bits of mummy? I don't think it mattered. I think any <clears throat> bit piece, crush it up into a powder. Oh my God. <laughs> um, using the skull was one of the more popular things to do. Well, that contains and, the mind. Yes. And well, it was the skull. most common cure for headaches and other head <clears throat> ailments. Well, when your head hurts, you've got to put someone else's head inside your head to absorb the pain. So, yes. you know, the mummy's not using their head for anything anymore. You're going to... They don't need it. Yeah. They, need it. they can take the pain. Uh, using the skull was so popular, and it was believed to contain so many useful properties that any sort of, like, moss or other things growing on it was also considered to be mummy adjacent and a prize. Uh -huh. So you could also use that for your ailments. Like uh -huh. moss, you would stick up your nose to stop nosebleeds. Oh my, okay. Well, at least <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, you stick it up your nose to relieve foot pain or something. At least that is sort of a it logical link. It actually kind of made sense. I was like, yeah, if it like absorbs the blood, yeah. Right, right. So, okay, yeah, I could, it's, it's somewhat porous. It's got, you could put it up there and it would, okay, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I at least understand that sort of logic. That's where the, the yeah. affliction is, so that's where you put the thing. Although, I, I don't know why you would just, I mean, they had cloth this day and age, if I'm not mistaken, when cheese. Something yeah, more absorbent. I don't know, but there was a German doctor who prescribed wrapping bandages soaked in fat for like open wounds and was like this will oh. fix them <laughs> this will fix them where did they have all this fat coming from this doesn't seem I like an era where they were just 
They would just have, not to mention, even if it's like from a mummy, how do you dis- discern the difference? Like, how do you separate fat from the rest of the bits? I don't know. I don't oh. know if they were using people that were more fresh, I guess. Right. <laughs> versus like a mummified quartz. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose they were making soaps and stuff, so they would have had to have had some way to separate out the fat. Yeah. Um, using blood in general was a very common practice at this time. Yeah, that, that, I was kind of waiting for us to get to that. Like, I feel like the blood would be... Because it's also the, probably the easiest to just sort of get out. It's like, it's yeah, a liquid you, you poke someone. blood, so you just, like, drain it <clears throat> out. Yeah. Uh, there... It was thought that if you were acquiring, like, fresh blood, that it did have to be as fresh as possible. (laughs) Well, then I don't think a mummy's a good place to go for that. And that that it didn't necessarily contain the proper vitality for it. So, like, it wouldn't work as well if it wasn't fresh. If, like, that's... If you needed dried blood, it was okay. If it was old. Oh, they really used dried blood. Oh my god, that's yeah, they did. Okay, and they like made a powder with it. These people in powders—they like powdering humans and putting it in their teas. They tried to use that to stop like bleeding, so like to make like blood clot for cuts. They'd use dried blood on it. Again, I guess. I mean, I I kind of at least get the logic of that. It's it's sort of like it's sort of like using kitty litter or like sawdust, some kind of dry porous thing to uh, to like soak up vomit or something in a mall <laughs> or like in a school when kids throw up yeah. and the janitor has got to come by with a bunch of kitty litter but um there was a 16th century german swiss vis- physician paracelsus who believed that blood was good for drinking and oh, i don't okay. know how we have not talked about this man more in <clears throat> general as like a potential 16th century vampire because right. ring and ding ding he's telling people drink some blood yeah no it's very good yeah it, it's i mean it tastes good and it's uh it's very nutrient rich it's it's great you know why, why aren't more people doing this and then they're like what are you fucking like, crazy drinking blood and he's like oh yeah it's very good yeah i like i like the texture and the flavor and ooh, if you can get it fresh it's mm, it's nice and warm it's delicious you yes, and they're like, you might just be a psychopath. And he's like, yeah, probably. He also suggested that <clears throat> you take blood from a living person and not a right. dead one. Yeah, that's <laughs> so well, this again... guy's getting as this guy's getting as far away from mummies as you can possibly get. Some and you know, some people preferred to cook their blood and had it in like marmalades oh. and jams. Or, you know, oh, like that would be so weird. blood sausage. Yeah. Blood I, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say head cheese, but I think that's technically different. I think that is technically different because I don't think yeah. there's blood in it. Yeah, yeah. Or not yeah, much. Yeah, it's kind of the the leftovers, which is a whole nother, other thing. But, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, so um, when... Healthcare practitioners started learning more about mummia, which they then later changed to mummy. Mm. 
that mistranslation, they mm-hmm. thought they hit the healthcare jackpot <laughs> and prescribed it for everything. <laughs> they used it for heart attacks, headaches, can't sleep at night, have a little mummy. Have a little bit of mummy. Just put a little in your tea. Mm. Consume it. Put it on your face. Put it in your makeup. Mm. Put it in your hair. Like, oh my god! Use yeah. it for everything. And because they used it for everything, the demand started to overtake the supply Naturally. of mummies in the world. Right. So then people started tomb raiding. So instead of just <laughs> ransacking these ancient Egyptian tombs for jewels and gold, they also started taking the bodies home. That's so creepy. That's so and weird. Then we started getting mummy salesmen. <laughs> and you did not know how good of a body that was. Fresh from Egypt, just this morning. We built yeah. for a good lot. Here we are. Because... Uh, they didn't, you know, they just didn't make ancient Egyptian mummies anymore. Right. That's, the, just, that's it's something. not something that like was being made. Sure, we can make ourselves a mummy on the street here, but if you want the good stuff, you've got to go old school. <laughs> well, and I suppose they're maybe thinking like, oh, there's some ancient ritual that infuses it with or imbues it with some kind of special property. And they're like, we can't just make our own mummies here. Yeah. Oh, but they did. Oh, no. <laughs> It gets so weird. They started having like a fake mummy trade because there were not enough bodies to go around. Okay. So they had these body snatchers where they would just run around snatching out fresh cadavers off the streets, in prisons, enslaved people. Like people are just like kind of disappearing a little bit. Yeah. It's it's weird to think how many times in the past that like body snatching has been big business. It's like, like, it's unethical too. Well, yeah, and even like the most that I remember hearing about it was um, like early American history where they're trying to teach medical students about bodies and stuff. So you would have people. Oh yeah, and dealing... they're like stealing cadavers yeah. from fresh graves. Right, right, yeah, and they're trying to get the freshest bodies they can. And it's like, okay, it's unethical, it's weird, and just so strangely profitable. Like you can understand someone doing it, but like you can also understand at least from a, a certain perspective that like, well, we probably wouldn't have the medical understanding that we have today if these people hadn't been doing that. But this is them yeah. literally just trying to fake mummies for medical fakery profit. They're just like, well, we don't have real mummies, so let's fake them. Well, we'll just make our own. Yeah. Make them till you make them till you fake them. No, wait, no. So they would take these fresh bodies that they would just grab from God knows where. Right. And they would embalm them themselves, so they wouldn't actually do Oh, like mummification, really? Of, yeah, of mummifying a body. They would wrap them in salts and other drugs and then dry them in an oven. Oh, my. Yeah. Fresh baked human, fresh baked human coming up. Baked human. Fresh this morning. (laughs) It's kind of like um, Mrs. Lovett from uh, Sweeney Todd, except they're less appetizing pies. They're just like fresh humans coming out of the oven. 
Yeah. Ugh. So then they basically got him so that they had that kind of mummified dryness to them. And then they would grind right. them into a powder and oh. put them in apothecaries that people could add to their home remedies. Oh, and they're trying to like they, they bring out a fresh batch and they realize they didn't cook them long enough. So they snap off a yeah. finger and start grinding it. And then they get further into the body and it starts getting all gooey. And they're like, oh, damn it, Johnson, you didn't leave it in long enough. Yep. He's like, I'm sorry, boss. Yeah. It's my first day. It's, it's my, my first, first day. It's my first human baking day. My first body. Come on. Yeah, all the schools are having human bake sales. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, no, we're trying to raise money for the bell tower. Yeah. Is it a human so, for you? This, it was popular, but then the Victorian era happened <laughs> and it was in fashion. <laughs> so there I started to realized. be some skepticism of mummy and mummia, but yeah. the amount of fascination with mummies was so exponentially higher that there wasn't enough people questioning it. Right. To be like, is this ethical? Is this actually real? <laughs> I How hadn't many of these do we have? I hadn't realized that we we hadn't even reached the Victorian age yet, and it's like oh, there was no. already <laughs> it was already enough. And I like to you you mentioned that this is the age when they're starting to question it. They're like, hey guys, maybe this isn't quite when they're like, nah, we're Victorians. We got to do all the weird shit. Well, enough and then with your science. It became super popular because in the Victorian era, they had the whole Egyptomania going on. Mm. So, like, everyone was going over to Egypt. Everyone is traveling down there, taking their <laughs> family vacations. They're just so fascinated mm -hmm. with Egypt. And this is, like, when the Orientalism movement really, like, took off was during mm -hmm. the Victorian era. So like everyone and their brother is traveling down to like Egypt, Morocco, India, Japan, China, like everyone's just going south and east and then like coming home after like their summer. Right, right. And being like, oh, like I'm so well traveled. I went to Egypt and I saw the pyramids and Yeah. This reminds me of being in grade school and like all the all the super rich kids were always like, Well, we went to Brazil for our spring break this year. Look how tan I am. And I'm like, I stayed home and raked leaves. Yeah, I, like, I stayed home. Half of you know, the kids in my school would go to Mexico because they have family mm. in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And like every time they're like, oh, yeah, I went to Mexico for the summer. I was like, man, their parents must be so damn rich. Like the no, whole yeah. time. <laughs> not thinking like, oh, their parents basically like sent them to go hang out like with their grandparents all summer. So they probably <laughs> didn't do fun things either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It just sounds like super working. cool. Yeah, yeah. Probably just doing chores for their grandparents. Also raking leaves. Yeah. Just in Mexico. Although I like thinking back to like the Victorian age, it's the same kind of thing where like the wealthy people are going off on these excursions, except they're like, yeah. oh, we went to steal mummy bits. It was wonderful. Yeah. So they, it was so popular at the time that they started having mummy unwrapping parties. Oh my God. So they would, 
do mummy unwrappings in lecture halls, hospitals, and then just like in people's homes. So we've basically been doing the the YouTube unboxing videos for generations, except this had to be in, in person. <laughs> it's just, you know, a mummified body instead. Smash and, that like button. Oh, yeah. Smash that like button and follow my channel. Yeah. I'll be here next week with another body, guys. And I have another body next week. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Ch- become. <laughs> don't check out my Patreon. Become one of my patrons. Yeah. And uh, it actually became illegal to bring antiquities back from abroad. Well, it's about time. I, I know. It took them a while. Yeah. <laughs> just because they started having issues with, uh, like, people getting monkeys, and then they, like, wouldn't take care of them. So then there's, <laughs> like, monkeys running rampant on, like, the street. Oh, my God. <laughs> and people getting, like, exotic flowers that then, like, died when they brought them over <clears throat> here. Or, like, you know, just... Oh, or even disease spreading happened. Yeah. Like the, the idea that like we invented the idea of like customs and stuff to prevent the, like it took so like, it always amazes me that humans still exist because we have been, we have done just such risky behavior for so many generations and we're just so prolific and we multiply so quickly that like we just managed to survive our own stupidity. Because the idea of just like bringing us something as simple as bringing a, a flower from another continent back home and then it might become an invasive species and just like take yeah. over everything, <laughs> which is why we have stories of Australians losing a war with birds. Yeah, the emu wars. Oh, history's fun sometimes. Yeah. So uh, despite the fact that it was illegal to bring mummies home from mm-hmm. like expeditions just sightseeing and all of that people would sneak them in right <laughs> and they would come home with these stolen illegal mummies and they're still like having their parties having a grand old time they did not give a fuck <laughs> right well i was gonna say like technically it's only illegal to bring it into the country once it's already in the country you're you can do your unboxing video like they're like, but, <laughs> yeah, but they're like, but sir, that's illegal contraband. And they're like, well, they already got it past us, though. Like, you know, so it's not illegal to have a mummy. It's illegal to bring a mummy. But they've yeah. already done the bringing part. So we, you know, we don't have any evidence of them bringing a mummy. They just have a mummy. So there's nothing we can do. Yeah. Um, Gabriel just got home. So I'm going to let Hazel oh. out. So he, she doesn't start barking. I'm going to stay here. Hazel. I'm just going to sit here and talk to Craig. Hello, Craig. Oh, she went away. Hazel. Go get him, Hazel. Come here. Hazel's like, yeah, I don't have the energy today. Okay, come on. Oh, weirdo. I don't know where he is, so you have to calm down. Oh. Lay down. We're done. You can sit there too, that's fine. 
So, so then after all that, he's not even back, and she's just like, I don't know. What no, she's she's just in the other room. Oh, but she's just like, yeah, I don't care. She she cares. She's very much sitting at like an attention. Yeah. She knows he's there. Oh, she's laying down and staring at the door. Oh, <laughs> that's actually like really cute. My like, that's one of the things that would break my heart when uh. Her. Oh. <laughs> a little baby. <laughs> when when I was living that's with my mom. Yeah, when I was living with my mom and we had Samus, uh, I would go to work or something, and she would always describe how the instant I left, Samus would just sit by the front door. And she had, um, her front doors were were mostly, like, two window panes, so Samus would just sit there and just watch me leave. And then she's like, yeah, she usually sits there for, like, a couple hours. She won't come to me, she won't, she doesn't want to play or anything. And she's like, and I'm, and I'm scared to let her out, because I'm worried she might, like, run and try to find you or something. So, yeah, so she's like, she'll eventually get bored and, like, come into the living room and hang out, but she's just sad, and I'm like, poor little she's baby. Like, take her time. Yeah. Yeah, no, Hazel's, Hazel's fine. Good girl. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, basically, the Victorians sought out mummies to satisfy their curiosity and the need for their home medicinal recipes. Indeed. So... One of the things they used a lot of mummy for was for what they called magic creams. So, you know, face moisturizers, makeups, anti-aging, miracle, whatever. I thought thought this was the point where we were going to get to, like, the the sexual aspect of it, like aphrodisiacs and shit, where they're like, well, this is a special magic mummy cream. Oh, uh... I I don't know. I did not see anything on that. So really? Maybe, oh, but maybe. I hope not. I take that. I think now that you mention it, I think what I'm thinking of is rhino horn. Oh, so I, I guess I just sort of assumed that mummies played into that at some point. But yeah, no, I think I'm thinking of rhinos. They they definitely thought it was more healing. OK. And that I feel like you're going to laugh about this part because it's just oh, probably <laughs> so over the top. Yeah. They. So they thought that the reason the bodies had these like healing capabilities was because they contained the spirits of people. <laughs> so it had this potent energy. So by ingesting the body, you gain strength of that deceased person. They're Highlanders! They're all freaking Highlanders! Wait a minute, so they assume the spirit of the, like, the person's actual soul was, like, trapped in their body? And so their answer was to consume it? Oh my god! You know, like, um, there's <sighs> still, like, some sort of strength in the body because the soul mm-hmm. was in the form of, like, spirit vapors. So, like, the soul would leave, but, like, the strength and essence of that person was like still there. And I, again, like from their point of view, I, I feel like I can kind of understand how they got to that, especially if it was like legit, a mummy from an ancient tomb or something. And they're like, well, you know, the ancient practitioners of this new, like knew something about the energy of the spirit and the body and how to contain it. And so I, I can kind of understand like, if this is an ancient ritual that you don't have any real knowledge of, you would assume that it does something really special and it keeps that energy in there. 
But it does make me feel like a good number of those people had to assume that they were, like, consuming a person's soul. Like, they're not trying to find yeah. a way to get them to pass on into the afterlife. They're like, no, get that soul while it's still good. I want to I wanna, uh, obtain it and consume it. Here's, here's like, the real kicker with all oh of boy. this. Yeah. They did not see any of this as cannibalism. <laughs> well, I mean, once it's been wrapped up like a Twix, you know, it's not really a human anymore. It's... Yeah, it's it's another thing. <laughs> well, it's it's a mummy, you know. It's not human. It's uh, <laughs> which we're so dumb. I am going to remind everyone the definition. Okay. Of cannibalism is the practice of eating the flesh and body of one's own species. Right. I was going to say that's an important distinction. It's not it's not unique to humans. It's like yeah, anything that is of the same species, it's cannibalism universally. So Yes. I mean, Just hamsters because... eat their young when they <gasps> what? are worried that they can't take care of all of them, so they dwindle the numbers by eating one or two or three. Oh my god, what? <laughs> you little hit why? That's why well, when hamsters are born, it. you have to remove them, like, from their parents. And it's a whole thing. Oh my god, I didn't know that! Why? That's horrifying! Is just, like, ruining your day for you? Yes! You cute little... <laughs> I don't know why that's making me laugh, I think, just the uncomfortableness of Because I knew a number of people growing up... do it, too, and, like, other rodents. <sighs> well, and yeah. I... I su- yeah, I mean that's that's nature for you. It's survival. If they yeah, I mean if they're worried, but that's what it's like. They're hamsters in captivity. What the fuck are they worried about? Stop eating they your don't kids. Know. <laughs> Those humans they, are gonna come they take aren't them. Aren't running free in the wild. They're like mm-hmm. in an eight-year-old's bedroom. <laughs> and that eight-year-old wanted just one thing for Christmas. He just wanted himself a hamster family, and he didn't realize he was going to wake up Christmas morning with less hamsters than he went to bed with. Oh, I mean, we- that my eight-year-old dream was to have a hamster. I did not have oh. a hamster family, but I did have a hamster. Oh my god, they're just so small and cute, and they make those yeah. little noises, and then they eat their kids. I know. Oh yes. So. Oh. He. Eventually, as time went on and the number of mummies dwindled, Mm. people lost interest around the 19th century and stopped eating the mummies. 19th century. Using them like in makeups and creams and all that. Yeah, that seems so recent. (laughs) That seems way too recent. And the only... I like, too, that... It's totally believable, but just as stupid. The only reason they stopped is because they were running low. Which I feel like not the, to get too. That's not why they stopped. The reason they stopped is because it like fell out of fashion and it like wasn't the thing to do anymore. Oh my god, that's kind of worse. <laughs> yeah, the numbers happened to dwindle to where like now, if anyone finds any sort of like mummy tomb. In Egypt, everyone gets really excited about it. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like the biggest deal and it'll be on the news for like several months right right because yeah because they're so rare now but mm-hmm. but back in the victorian period in the victorian they're just like area they were a dime a dozen and they ate yeah. them all oh honey mummy eating that's so 18th century it's so seventeenth century. Yeah. Times. Hmm. What an old fuddy duddy! You're still doing mummy. Oh my. Oh my. Yeah. So that is that is. That's why we don't have them. That's why anymore. This is why we can't have nice mummies. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Goddamn Victorians screwed everything for everybody. You know they. Ugh. The one thing they did have right is you know avoiding the sun for skin cancer but that's not why they did it either it was because they thought being paler and whiter was better yeah yeah that's kind of the the whole vampire look came from they did have some pretty great fashion i mean if we're being honest not necessarily comfortable but it sure did look cool yeah and i do love like their the like dramaticness of like victorian gothic architecture yeah yeah, I think I think that's kind of where like steampunk came from, sort of I at least so. the style, not necessarily the tech of everything, but I believe so. But uh that that is the the story. Wow. Well, thank you. I You're <laughs> welcome. I I still can't believe that uh I know. that we're still here that humans are still making it and we're still making I can't a go believe of it they ate people and we're like this isn't cannibalism yeah yeah because they're well once you wrap it up you know it's not it's not really human anymore it's not the same that is so weird that like it's they so just <laughs> so weird leave it to those crazy victorians leave it to them to to do this type of stuff well, that brings us to the end, then, I suppose. What did you think of the pairing, may I ask? Um, I liked it. I I probably would give the prosciutto pretzel, like, uh, I'd say, like, a seven. Uh, yeah. The Italian seasoned pretzel was the way to go. Okay, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's prosciutto, and it's a, so Italian ham, so it pairs oh, very right. well. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, perfect. I think I would give it a five. Just because um, I think I could easily kick it up to an eight with one less layer of prosciutto and one more dab of the mustard. Um, I think I'm like you were saying try it with mustard, like as like a dipping sauce. That's what I was just thinking, too. Yeah. Like if I had if I'd have thought I had to have a little cup with mustard, um, I think it would definitely be better. It. uh yeah, I, I, I think it would easily be closer to like an eight if I just had a better ratio of mustard to ham. And I think that you were right, like the the seasoned pretzel would definitely make a difference. Yeah. What did you think of the drink? I I liked it, but I don't know if it's one that I would have super often. Like mm. kind of more of a you go to like a cocktail bar that does like different mm. unique cocktails and like that's mm-hmm. when I would order it type of drink. Yeah. But I liked the flavors and I liked that I didn't use Tabasco. I ended up using Frank's just because I didn't have Tabasco. Oh, like a hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a different and hot sauce though. It's 
I mean, it's uh, different hot sauce, but it still has like a runnier consistency than like a sriracha. Right, right. Very so true. So I, I liked that it had like a tiny bit of kick to it, but it wasn't like, oh, this is a spicy drink. Yeah, I, I'm not much of a fan of spice, but I think... I think the next step, I, I very carefully, I, I really am not a spice person. So I very carefully put in like literally two drops. Um, I think I would actually put in a little bit more next time. Um, I'm going to give the whole thing a five also, just because the whole flavor profile of it is not yeah. my thing. I'm not much of a cranberry person. I'm not a spice person. I'm not a tequila person. The rum was kind of the only saving grace. And then I added a lot yeah. more grenadine than the, the recipe called for. And it still wasn't really. And I guess maybe the best way to put it is I tend to make a, a double batch in my shaker so that I can kind of keep, refill and keep sipping as we're going along. And yeah. this is probably the first time that by the uh, and this was a little bit shorter, too, but I'm still halfway through. Uh, mm. Like a, a bit of a like, yeah, I just. I wasn't yeah. drawn to, to drink it. I didn't really want it. It's, it looks cool. It lives up to its name. Um, I would definitely make it for a party. Like if I had friends coming over who were really into Star Trek and I'm like, Hey, I can make you some Klingon blood wine. But um, yeah, not something oh, I that would I would probably, probably... Like, make it for like Halloween and just tell people it's blood. Yes. Wine. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, I think the main thing that I don't like about it is I kind of, if I were to make it again, I would modify it a bit to use, I think I would replace the tequila with actual, like, like kind of a dry red wine oh. to give it a bit more, I don't know, it just feels kind of empty in a way. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'd say the drink, oh no, I gave it a seven. I think together, I'm not sure they complement each other super well so i'd probably give yeah. the two together like a five it's it's yeah. not bad together it's just not like oh this tastes good together it's like oh like yeah cool. no i agree <laughs> i think cluster a little bit yeah i think the I, I think the prosciutto on the pretzel especially with the mustard is a fine little hors d'oeuvre mm. um but yeah the the blood wine does not uh it's not refreshing enough like the the dry yeah. kind of saltiness of the meat is not uh paired well with the rum and and tequila yeah i want like a sangria mm. with it is like well and even with how much grenadine i added yeah it's just i don't know yeah it's neither of them are refreshing enough like like you kind of yeah. want you you need either the treat or the drink to be kind of a palate cleanser for the other. And yeah. I feel like I need to have a swig or two of water in between to kind of act as that. And so, yeah, it doesn't, didn't quite, I, yeah, I think I definitely like the, uh, the prosciutto on the pretzel, but uh, together yeah. they're, they're not super great. Yeah. But if you have any recommendations for us uh, for, for a story or for treats that you want us to try, you can email us at peculiarpairingspod at gmail.com or uh, tweet yes. us on the tweeters at peculiarpairpod or uh, check us out on Instagram at peculiarpairingspod. And you can even find us on Patreon if you want. Yes, we are all over the place. Yeah. Very available. We're everywhere. Yeah. Did you, um, did you by any chance hear about... Uh, YouTube music. Do you what, what do you use as like a music player? 
Oh, I use Spotify. Oh, okay. For, for music. And then I use the podcast app mm. for podcasting. Unless there is a specific podcast I am looking for that is only mm. available on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, which there are a right. few, then mm. I'll use those. Yeah, I'm I, I'm only annoyed because uh, for years I used um, Google Play Music and oh. it was great because you could upload all of your own stuff and they would save. Oh, nice. oh it was great because I had like a decade's worth of music saved on their service. Yeah. And it's on a hard drive somewhere, but it was just awesome because you could just have your own music and then they would keep it on their servers so you could stream your own like recordings and everything um, oh, cool. in the same app on every device you have. And then they announced like, yeah, we don't get enough money from that. So we're going to exit and we're going to create YouTube music, which is way crappier. And then we're oh. also going to create Google podcasts. And it's like, so you're taking one app that works really well and does podcasts and music, splitting it in two, making them both worse. But then, like, within the last couple of weeks, they announced, hey, um, YouTube Music is now going to get podcasts. And it's like, well, then why the fuck did you create this other app that I had to use? Yeah, I know uh, YouTube does have an option with their videos where you can save it as, like, a podcast playlist, essentially. Oh, that's cool. So, like, when you upload podcast episodes whether they have like mm. video or whatever mm -hmm. you can add it to like a designated like podcast playlist versus like just making a playlist gotcha well that's pretty cool yeah that is pretty cool and i don't know if it's part of that or not i don't know enough <laughs> Well, and the only reason I was even thinking about it so much is because I was <clears throat> trying to see what our most recent episode that was posted was, oh, and I searched yeah. for us and we're not on the YouTube one. We're still on the Google one, but they apparently haven't like migrated their, their like current lists over to YouTube music. I don't yeah. know. It just seems like every aspect of them, it's, it's been close to a decade and they're still are issues with YouTube music versus what Google play music was. And it was, yeah, it was just streamlined and everything was integrated and it worked. And then they said, no, we don't make enough money from that. So go yeah. F yourself. Yeah. I'm going to say we are everywhere <clears throat> except probably YouTube. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I, it's pretty recent. So I'm assuming they're going to migrate everything over, but they also, that's the other thing. They also haven't announced what that means for Google podcasts. Cause like, well, Are, maybe it, I will modify our stuff to all go onto YouTube, but just I, won't have video. So, which is fine. They a lot of people oh, do that. Yeah, we shall see. I'm not yeah. gonna play with it later. We'll find out. Oh, do uh, what do we have coming up for next time? Uh, ha, 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 ha. let me pull it up. Um. <laughs> I have apparently I have not 100% decided <laughs> but it is going to be something haunted Ooh, well that's a good enough tease for me I like that yeah, yeah. Yes, oh, we're gonna we'll, talk about some hates maybe we'll see another appearance by our hobbit friend Zach Baggins <laughs> Potentially, I yeah. 
I am gonna do some some soul searching and figure out what what sort of crazy haunting feels feels right. Well, that sounds good to me. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yes. And and have a great day. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> sort of.